0: just any curiosity, how many of you came right out of the womb walking? Anybody? Maybe Barry. I don't think Alan. My mother would always tell everybody, my son was walking at two months or whatever. Uh, but I don't think that's entirely accurate because it takes you a while. Think about it. When you're born, we got we got little Benjamin over here. It's very nice to see the Han schlepping up from Homewood. And they brought Benjamin with. And Benjamin is running, right? Is he really? No. <laughs> he is a Hun. <laughs> it takes a while babies are born and then after a little while they start to crawl and then after a little, well actually they just kind of start to move on their own and then after a little while they start to crawl and then they start to get up none of you remember that for yourself, but you probably remember looking at some other babies you have memories somewhere of some kid trying to get up and then falling down you know, and if they fall in the wrong spot they hurt themselves, okay this is life. The only way you learn to get up and start walking is you gotta fall down a lot. I hate that. I don't like that. You know? Why do we have to have difficult times to get anywhere? It's just the way it is. We learn to move forward in life from our youngest ages through the hard knock realities of getting up and trying to move. Okay? Some of you are still trying to get up and move in new directions, in new ways, and you know how hard it is. You bump into things, you fall down on circumstances. It's all part of life. I'm going to read a uh, something real quick. This is a short biography of an individual that uh, gives us a bit of an illustration regarding courage, persistence, and perseverance. This particular individual failed in business at the age of 22. He ran for the legislature of his state at the age of 23 and was defeated. He again failed in business at the age of 24. He was elected to the legislature and at the age of 25 his girlfriend, his sweetheart died when he was 26, he had a nervous breakdown at the age of 27. He was defeated for Speaker in his position as a member of, of the House of Legislation at the age of 29. He was defeated for Elector at 31, defeated for Congress at 34, elected to Congress at 37, defeated for Congress at 39, defeated for the Senate at 46, defeated for Vice President at the age of 47. What a loser! Sounds like a loser. Problem is, this is Abraham Lincoln. He went on to become elected president of the United States in 1860 at the age of 51. Wow! Imagine if Lincoln said, you know what? At the age of 22, I'm a failure. But he didn't do that. He kept plowing forward. And he kept plugging along. Despite all the defeats. You know, growing up and maturing as followers of Messiah Yeshua, growing up as believers demands perseverance. Everything in this world is trying to destroy our faith and limit our effectiveness for God, to neutralize our relationship with God. We we go through an awful lot to mature and grow as believers, and what that awful lot demands is perseverance. And this morning what I want us to look at in the book of James is this topic of perseverance. So turn with me to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Too often people think that following the God of Israel through our faith in Messiah Yeshua is a cake walk. It is not. It is a tiptoe through the minefields. And many there are who blow up blow up what is wonderful is that the lord our god watches over us when we go through our lives and we are persistent in following after god despite the setbacks of life because we live in a broken world that's all messed up and if you don't believe that then you need to just open your eyes a little wider But God is with us. If we are following him faithfully, if we are choosing to follow his instructions in authentic transparency, if we are willing to live in real community where we can be encouraged throughout our day and throughout our week for strengthening and accountability, we will move forward. But it's not easy. There are tremendous setbacks in life. To persevere. Here's the definition. To persist in a state, enterprise, or undertaking in spite of counter-influences, opposition, or discouragement. To persist in a state, enterprise, or undertaking in spite of counter-influences, opposition, or discouragement. Persistence. I call it patience on steroids. (laughs) Patience on steroids. This very, cha- uh, this very section, James chapter 5, verse 7, it starts off, it says, So be patient, brothers and sisters, until the, co- until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient for it, until it receives the early and late rain. You also be patient, strengthen your hearts, because the coming of the Lord is near. Where it says patient there, it says, so be patient. It says it twice, all right? It says at the beginning of verse 7, beginning of verse 8, this is a specific Greek word that is an active imperative. Meaning, it is a command. Try to be patient. That's not what it says. It says literally, you be patient. In fact, uh, uh, the, um, the the word in the Greek, used in this context, literally has this strong sense of endurance. Be Long in enduring the difficult garbage of life. Because in the end we win. In the end we win. Uh, what's interesting is that uh, in non biblical Greek, so when this particular word is used. In other contexts, and let's say like uh, po- poetic literature or uh, just you know just uh, the local Greek newspaper or whatever back then, 2,000 years ago, it had a sense of de- desperate acceptance, desperate acceptance. In, e- in other words, in, in, in that kind of a context, it's roll over. <laughs> My dog, Shana, all right, would just roll over to another dog. Oh, that beagle just couldn't stand up to anything. Just roll over. Jay would see would see Opie and go, I can take him. I can take that, that big dog. Rottweilers, no problem. I'm a Jack Russell. I can take anything. Shane is like, I'm going to roll over. God calls us to never be desperate. To never just roll over in desperation and accept the circumstances that surround us. Instead, he says, you... Be persistent. You endure throughout whatever circumstance you find yourself in. You endure despite the setbacks of life. You endure. Why? Because we understand what eternity really is. Verses 7 and 8 are all about eternity. Patiently persevering is possible because we understand that in the end we win life isn't just all about the fun and games of today it's all about the reality of eternity remember reality of eternity is really important the lord our god is going to change this mess he is going to establish his kingdom righteousness will reign and all the garbage will disappear And we will be rewarded for following him. This is the truth of the biblical text from Genesis to Revelation. This is the point. And so we need to patiently persevere. Eternity always puts problems in perspective. You know, you didn't get that job. Well, because maybe you think God might have something better for you. Maybe that job would have put you in a difficult situation. Or made you compromise in some way. Just to throw it out there, you know uh, you're, you know I remember, I remember hearing this uh, uh, story somebody it was a first person story. A, a guy's driving his car, and he's really in a rush, and uh, you know and some little small thing goes wrong in the vehicle, and he's just really upset about it, and he has to get off at the on ramp and he stops the car right there at the at the stop sign at the off ramp you know, and suddenly one of the tires falls off. And you're like, hmm, thank God that small little thing that was driving me crazy got me off the freeway before the tire fell off. How many of you are annoyed by the little circumstances in your life that are really God's gift to help you for the long-term reality of living this life for Him? Eternity puts all of our problems in perspectives. Messiah Yeshua is going to come back in His time. Maybe not today. If I was an Iraqi believer today, or if I was a believer, it was uh, one of you. Who was it? Somebody met a a Saudi Arabian uh, young woman who became a believer in Yeshua. I mean, it's a tremendous story. With Man and talking to her. I mean, it was at the Festival of Cultures. She had visions, right? God was, Yeshua basically showed up. She was fighting off Yeshua. Because she knows in Saudi Arabia, you become a believer in Jesus, you're dead. (laughs) But God didn't give up on her. And she eventually became a believer. I've met some of these type of people in Israel. It's all about perspective. In God's time, all that craziness will disappear. Right now, we endure because we know that in the end, we win. We, we may not, uh, things might not go well for us here, but we endure because we know about eternity. We need to practice patience, though. We must practice it regarding the reality of evil. Evil is around us. The world as we know it is broken. It's ridiculous. You know, um, I mean, there's so many different examples. But the bottom line is, is just pick the one that's in the news, ISIS, you know, went back to the Middle East. That's just horrendous wickedness. I was talking with somebody else about that. It's like the resurgence of the Assyrian Empire, you know, where they used to basically put people on stakes and kill them for fun. It's horrible. God, why don't you deal with that? I will. In my time. In God's time, these things will happen. Until then, we must be patient. We must endure. You can be grateful you're living here instead of living over there. I hope you pray for the people over there. You know, farmers can't manipulate the speed or circumstances of their crop growth. I love to go talk to farmers. These people have to be patient. Especially farmers who really just live off of of nature. You know, they pray for rain. They pray for the right amount of heat. You know, I mean, talk about endurance. To pray, to trust, to realize that God is the one who's going to have to bring the right circumstances for crop growth. We also must understand that we cannot control, really, the circumstances surrounding our lives. We must patiently endure Even if your situation is bad, patiently endure seeking your strength from the Lord your God in His time and according to His will. He will strengthen you for that effort. Now, a lot of examples... I'm going to, uh, let's take a look at verse 10. It says, as an example of suffering and patience, brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The prophets. Talk about people who really had a, t- a tough time, you know. Uh, Elijah, we think about Elijah the Tishbite, all right. Eliahu Hanavi, all right. The man, you know, hey, Ahab, it's not going to rain for, until I say it's going to rain. And, you know, and the ravens feed him. God watches out for him. It's like a great story. You know, of course, he's going around with nothing. I mean, how many of you could, could go through life for a week not knowing where you're going to live, where you're going to sleep, what you're going to eat? Some of that would put some of you right over the edge. Elijah just trusted in God, and he went and did what God wanted him to do. But it's kind of a cool story, because God kept him. God fed him, God preserved him in the end. He basically brought rain. It was all that pyrotechnics of the, on Mount Carmel. Fascinating. What about Micah? Or Mikhail, the prophet who said to, I believe, Ahab uh, before the battle where Ahab died and he said, the word of the Lord is you're going to die and everybody, you know, that's what's going to happen and King Ahab said, take him to the king's prison put him in prison, feed him bread and water until my return but then Ahab dies what happened to him? Nothing in the biblical text. That prophet could have spent the rest of his life in prison. Watchman Nee. Every once in a while I'll mention Watchman Nee. Tremendous man of God. Chinese believer. God used him tremendously to establish just networks of... He was one of the early pioneers in the, in the Chinese home church thing. Anyway, was a tremendous guy. By, by, by the time the communists came in in the late 40s and really took control of China, I think he was on, on the mark... By, early, by the very early 1950s, he was in prison. Spent the rest of his life in prison. Tortured, abused. Because he was a bad person, no, because he was a follower of Yeshua. He chose to follow the God of Israel and reject communism, and for that, he was beaten and abused and imprisoned for the rest of his life. It's horrible. One of the only things I heard about his prison experience was the fact that in prison, someone reported that they knew that he was a man of prayer and a man of song. Paul and Silas are in prison in Philippi. and What are they doing? They've been beaten and abused, and they're singing praise to God in prison. There's a great, a great uh, Jewish believer... I just thought about it. It wasn't in my notes. Romanian. Who, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. What? Wormbrand. Right, Wormbrand. What's his first name again? What? Richard Wormbrand. May his name be a blessing. See, he is certainly of a blessed memory. I remember meeting him a couple times. A man, literally, you can read his testimony, it's available. Talk about abuse and imprisonment. Prophets never uh, have it easy. And nowadays they do. Prophets nowadays, you know, on television, they're making good money. Uh, someone mentioned somebody brought an illustration of Creflo Dollar in his, in his airplane. Was it Eric, I think? Those aren't prophets. They're shysters. Real prophets generally suffer. That's what they're talking about. Be an example of suffering and patience. Do you want to be an example of suffering and patience? Anybody here want to be an example of suffering and patience? Be honest. The answer is no. Are you willing to be an endurer? Are you willing to endure, to persist through the difficulties that God might have you endure? That's really the question. Job. You know, Job is an example here. It says in verse 11, Behold, we consider blessed those who showed endurance. You have heard of the endurance of Job. And you have seen in the outcome of Adonai, you have seen the outcome, in, I've seen the outcome of Adonai, that Adonai is full of compassion and mercy. But if you read the book of Job, you read about a guy who's like, you know, it's very difficult. He's a wealthy man with a beautiful family and he loses everything. And why? It's really a supernatural showdown. God is saying, look at Job. He's a great man. Satan's like, he's only good because he has your stuff and you bless him. So God says you can go so far. So Satan goes out and he makes his life miserable. It's very difficult on Job. Job is innocent. And yet he has to endure all this stuff. And in fact, it's very interesting. You have to read the whole book. Because in the middle of it, Job starts to fall apart a little bit. He gets a little agitated. Of course, his friends aren't much help. But in the very, very end, he himself begins to lose it. And God shows up. Why? Because God wants to make sure he understands the big picture. And God starts off by saying, So, Job, pull up your pants and talk to me. Why about this, that, and the other thing? In other words, why do things exist that exist? And Job, of course, doesn't have an answer because Job didn't create anything. God did. God's the creator. There are some things in life we do not understand, we do not appreciate, we don't have the answers for, the least of which is suffering. But God is God and God is good and we have to remember that. In the end, Job basically says, I cover my mouth in shame and in humility and in deference which is exactly what is right. We do not understand everything that goes on. It's actually how we respond to it which is so important. To become embittered and angry is of no good. I'm going to read this uh, real quick and then we're going to conclude. Because I think that uh, this really helps us put this together. This is a Job-like situation. Seventy years ago the world was convinced that Louis Samparini was dead. There had been no record of the track star and former Olympian since his World War II bomber crashed into the Pacific Ocean. The military told his parents he was dead in an annual collegiate track competition named one of its races in his memory. But Zamperini was alive and very much so. His story is a lesson in the potential that lies within all of us to summon strength amid suffering, love in the face of cruelty, joy from sorrow recalled Laura Hullenbrand, author of his Zamperini's biography, Unbroken, which became a movie. Born on January 26, 1917, Zamperini's larger than life story began in western New York before his family moved to Southern California when he was two. He spent a rebellious childhood before channeling his energy and tenacity into sports. He started with boxing to defend himself from bullies, but quickly became a world-class runner after joining his high school track team. In 1934, Zamperini broke the 18-year-old interscholastic record for the mile in 421.2. In other words, he did it in just about uh, less than four and a half minutes, a mark that would stand for 20 years. A track star at the University of Southern California, Zamperini competed in the 5,000-meter run at the 1936 Berlin Olympics. He finished 8th It caught attention by running the final lap in 56 seconds and grabbed headlines by stealing a a Nazi flag. But it was in Zamperini's incredible World War II story that captured the imagination of millions back home. It was a bombardier on a U.S. Army Air Force bomber that crashed in the Pacific Ocean during a reconnaissance mission. He and one of the other surviving crew members drifted for 47 days on a raft in shark-infested waters, drinking rainwater and eating fish and birds they caught with their bare hands before being captured by Japanese forces. 47 days in a raft, you learn the value of water, to have something to drink. When you're hungry, you eat anything. We caught a shark. We caught an albatross that tasted like a hot fudge sundae. Have you ever been that desperate? When he and his surviving raft mate reached land on the Marshall Islands, they were cut by the Japanese. Zabarini would spend more than two years as a prisoner of war being shuttled among Japanese prison camps where he survived beatings, starvation, debilitating illness, and psychological torture designed to break him down and make an example of the famous Olympic, Olympian-turned-war hero. When he was liberated at the end of the war, he was a changed man and wrestled with rage, depression, and alcoholism. It almost cost him his marriage. Pain never bothered me, he told the AP in 2003. Destroying my dignity stuck with me. Several years after his return, Zamperini attended one of Billy Graham's early revivals in Los Angeles and embraced Christianity, a faith that would sustain him for the rest of his life. <clears throat> years later, Zamparini wrote a letter of forgiveness to one of his most horrific tormentors, a guard the other prisoners nicknamed the Bird. Of the myriad gifts he has left us, the greatest is the lesson of forgiveness, said Hillebrand, his biographer. In a life of almost unimaginable drama, he experienced supreme triumphs, but also brutal hardships, incomprehensible suffering, and the cruelty of his fellow man. But Louis greeted every challenge of his long journey with singular resilience, determination, and ingenuity, with a ferocious will to survive and prevail, and with hope that knew no master that is quite a testimony and that really testimony is totally because he came into a relationship with the god of israel through his faith in the messiah of israel yeshua god changed his life he took all that bitterness and anger because he gave it over he humbled himself he he let love overcome the bitterness and the anger he's an example of of what exactly we see in this text. Be an example. Be an example. That's what God expects of us. Well, let's wrap it up here. This morning I encourage you to think about the command here to develop deep wells of patient perseverance. Some of us it's really tough. You know I find that frankly most believers are just fair weather believers. People give when they have money. People don't give when they don't. But everybody's got money unless you're starving. So it really comes down to is when it's convenient, you give. When it's not, you don't. People serve or come to services when it's convenient, but when it's not, they don't. You know? I mean, I think that what's fascinating is that that the whole world around us, I was saying this earlier to somebody, is trying to really push us into its mold to make us accustom ourselves to what the world expects instead of what God expects. We must reject that. But in rejecting that, we will experience opposition. That's why we must endure. We must persist in doing what God says to do, even if it's difficult. You might ask, why would a loving God allow us, his followers, to have to go through times of trial? It's a good question. The best answer is training. (laughs) Training. Putting into practice what we read in the text. We all want to have spouses that love us in everything and never cause us any trouble. It doesn't happen. People are people. So even those that we're closest to give us surus difficulties are, are there to train us and help us to grow mature, just like the people around us. Those close friends, our spouses, our family are really there to help train us too. In this world, if we are not willing to allow the difficulties that occur in our lives to train us, we will either develop a humble attitude toward God if we accept that reality, or we will become embittered, prideful, arrogant, but bitter people. What is it that you want to do? How do you want to be? Will you seek perseverance? Will you endure? Will you look at trials as opportunities for yourself to build character? Grow more patience? Are you going to find the trials to be an opportunity to dig deeper in the biblical text and, 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 and then to, to apply it into your life to build spiritual strength to encourage your relationship with God? Are you going to allow the difficulties to also reflect into your life so that maybe there are areas in your life you need to change? Maybe there's sin in your life that those difficulties are, are trying to... God's trying to use those to, to help you gain an understanding of things you've got to change. If you're not willing to look at it that way, you will only find trials will enhance your sinful character. You will only find that trials will reveal your lack of commitment to God. You will only find that your trials will really just just expose all the garbage in your life and lead you in a way which ultimately will take you away from God and His blessing and His purposes for your life. My encouragement for you is to persist. To be like Abraham Lincoln, not give up in terms of your relationship with God but also to be like this fellow Louis Zamberini who despite the horrible things that occurred to him and there are horrible things I'm sure that have occurred to you that you will take all of that and you will let the Lord your God work through you all that negative so that you can respond in love and in a godly way that pleases him and will make you truly the person God wants you to be Let's close in a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for the truth of your word and and just the challenge of it. God, you have commanded us to endure. You have commanded us to endure difficulties. God, help us to do that, to do it with effectiveness. I pray, God, that we would be the people you want us to be and that you would indeed use us to do great things, God, even if it's hard. We pray all this in Yeshua's name.